Alex. So if you're starting in three seconds, we're starting in a couple more seconds. <laughs> I, I think we're just started. Um, I, yeah. If we've started, I want to welcome one and all to Very Flow Upstream number 127, Mercury. Here with Alex Bass. He's our maestro tonight, as always. Thank you for that. Pretty good. Sorry, you chop. You chop food. You asked me. I think you asked me a question. I'm doing pretty well. Um, Alex enjoying. is already a terrible maestro. <laughs> <laughs> I in, the one night I introduced him, he can't even take the pass on that one. I'm glad you're doing well, yes, Alex. Yes. A little bit north of you, we have a couple others. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing well. It's been a while since I've been back on, so it's uh, nice to be back with you guys. Always good banter. Yeah, I hope that's not what it's consolidated down to, but it but it feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Scott is also back with us as well from BB Central. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing well, man. It feels good to be back. Uh, yeah, it's good. Let's do this. And we have an awesome, awesome guest, Brother Neil. Man's awesome. Check him out in our DTech 50 review. He, we actually collaborated on like a accessory video. That was like this accessory section of that review, which is actually pretty great. And because of that, while I'm here, if you comment on Berry Flow and or Crackberry, Blaze and I are going to figure out, we have a DTech 50, what is this, a smart pocket that we're giving away in honor of uh, Anil coming on and hanging out with us. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. How you doing, James? How you doing, boys? Hey. Oh, trying to get my intro music queued up here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad that you had that on deck. <laughs> oh God! I know that song. What is that? Song? Yeah, Downtown by Malcolmore. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> oh my God. We might need to do a music video shortly after this, right? Uh, you know, we got enough people here to start a boy right? band. Oh, oh God! Brand <laughs> be the oh man, I'm thinking too much into it already. <laughs> no, so uh, this week, guys, interesting week in Blackbird. I would say probably one of the best weeks of this year in terms of news, like very satisfying week in a lot of different areas. Let's just start right off the top. Mercury leak. Yep. Crackberry caught it, tossed it up there. Blaze did a beautiful collage of the images, let me tell you. Uh, definitely go check it out on Crackberry if you haven't seen. Mercury, this device we've been talking about for a while. We saw some Geekbench uh, specs come up about it. We've been hearing about it, and we're finally getting some actual hands-on of what could potentially be the next and last QWERTY device from BlackBerry. What were your guys' takes on this leak? Did you think it was something that you could actually see BlackBerry putting to market, or do you think it was a little bit early? That's the Passport SE, sorry. <laughs> I think they, uh, they should have had it out earlier. I think everybody wants a QWERTY device from them. Uh, and I think, yeah, pro like I've said it before, I think probably it would have been better to put out before the uh, DTEC 60. But I understand based on other stuff I've read that the DTEC 60, the reason they put it out was for other reasons. So, I mean, it's a good time. If that's the next device that comes out, I think it'll people will be happy. I think the BlackBerry faithful especially will be happy. And even other people, I mean, the main thing that got people interested about the Passport was the keyboard. And it was, a, it was something different. And I think the Mercury, based on what we're seeing, is going to be something that's also going to be different. It's not going to quite be that classic you know, BlackBerry Bold form factor, but it's going to be a bit more of an elongated kind of chocolate bar um, factor, form factor. So I think that's going to catch people's eyes. For better or worse. 
depending yeah. on how you look at it, right? Yeah. Can can we please just roll back to where Brent did the chocolate bar? <laughs> yes, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, um, I'm looking at the device, right? It looks a lot like a Passport SE, right? That's the device I'm actually using right now, uh, ironically enough. So do you think that's a good thing? Or do you think maybe they should have left that design alone and kind of come up with something you know, new? It feels like a mishmash of like a classic and, a, and an SE almost running Android, which is maybe yeah, good. It, it looks like the classic and the SE had a ba Android baby together. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's a bad thing per se like I, I personally don't think that a whole lot of people are even going to recognize actually the, the similarities less the actual Blackberry faithful right so and those people are going to be like sweet you know bring me back to the SE days um, everybody else out on the market won't even put two and two together in my, in my context it's going to be interesting to note though how well this device does because this is as many times as we said it, this could be to make it or break it for the uh, hardware division. If if this one doesn't sell, then there's obviously no physical keyboard market out there to be had. If BlackBerry can't make this one sell, yeah, you might, well, you, might, you might as well shut her down. Well, I mean, technically they're doing that anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, when you really when you really look at the situation, I don't think it really matters whether or not this one actually sells or not. You know, at least the BlackBerry. It's like they've already made their declaration. They're out of hardware. It's up to everybody else at this point. And I don't know. It's it's just it's a weird scenario because at the end of the day, this could be one of the one of the better devices that they put out. Like we say that almost all the time, especially with the the past. You know, two BlackBerry devices that have been released. You know, it's one of the better devices that they put out. But the DTEC 50 and the DTEC 60 aren't technically their hardware. So you know, you run into you run into problems with that conversation. And this one is technically their hardware, but they've already stated that they're getting out of the hardware. So you know, in the long run, does it even matter how well it sells or doesn't sell? You know, it, it's. I don't know. It's a really weird situation and a weird topic. I mean, obviously, everybody who is a BlackBerry fan would like to see it sell lots and and basically hope that it, it you know turns a nice profit for them. But realistically, even if it does sell, what does that mean? What does that mean for BlackBerry's hardware division? Are they going to roll back on like, oh well, the Mercury sold really well, so we're back into hardware again? I don't. I don't yeah. think that ever happening, yeah. right? So, well, based on that declaration, do we know who's even building this for them? Is this an in-house design, outsourced build, or is yeah, this coming from the TCL? That's the other thing too. Is like we can call it an in-house device, but what does that really entail as well? Because basically, it just entails that it was it was designed in-house, not yeah. necessarily built in-house, like. You know, they didn't fire up a factory in Waterloo just to go ahead and produce these things out. Somebody is building this for them, whether it be Wistron or Foxconn or, you know. Or, or here's my conspiracy theory, and, and please, this is probably not not happening whatsoever, but just the way everything looks, right? I don't know if Alex can, can queue up like a closer shot of the Mercury device, but if you take a look at that device, one, the keyboard looks a lot like a 9780 keyboard, like keys going all the way to the side, like all the way to the edges, which looks great. Styled in with the 4-row that we saw on the classic, but the key shape looks 
a lot more similar to that that we've seen on the passport, especially I'm like looking at my SE keyboard and I'm looking at that and I'm like, those look the exact, exact same. Like so that's kind of interesting. But also kind of the placement as well of that fingerprint sensor, if that is what we're seeing down there in the bottom of that image, looks like almost undone or unfinished. I don't know if Blaze, you wanted to take a, a whack at what you think might be going on there, because it looks just a little bit maybe it's the lighting. I mean, it, it looks like there's something going on there, maybe like a, a, it doesn't look like a traditional space bar, I'll put it, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, everything that we know about the device thus far points that the, the fingerprint sensor is essentially going to be in the space bar or at least be implemented throughout the keyboard itself, right? Um, so looking at that situation, I mean, I think Scott Scott did a, a, a at least somebody on BB Central did, they did the, like, just made the image a little bit brighter and washed out so that you could actually see what's going on with the keyboard. You can tell it's not it's not a traditional space bar that's on there. There's something going on with the with the space bar itself, which, you know, logically shows that they're probably going to be putting the fingerprint sensor in there. And we've seen the previous patents for that and everything as well with the, with the keyboard. So, I mean, there's something going on there, but you can tell that even just looking at the hardware, the hardware on the keyboard, the keyboard doesn't necessarily look polished or finished off either. So it's really it's really one of those things where chances are what we're looking at here is not it's not complete hardware. I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that what we're looking at is the finalized version here because you can tell that there's still some roughy, sketchy kind of things going on with the actual keyboard. It looks it looks kind of like beat up and just rough. I guess is the best word to, to put into play there, but I mean, every every single sign shows that the fingerprint sensor is going to be somewhere within that actual keyboard, whether it be on the space bar or deeply integrated into the keyboard itself. So that kind of brings me to again back to the placement of this thing, and kind of again we're talking about hardware partners, so maybe we could take some subtle irony in this. But if this is my my Samsung S7, right, and it has a keyboard sensor right on the front, very in line with where potentially we may see BlackBerry put their own, right, right there at the bottom center. What also is kind of interesting is that this device has these awful capacitive buttons, and it also looked like maybe that was what was going on on that navigation area. I would think soft keys, similar to how we have on DTEC 5060 Priv, would be a much easier idea, but do you think we could see some capacitive keys there and, and if so like why because <laughs> I couldn't quite make a sense of, of why they'd want to do that I, realistically they probably just have a, a black bar area down there I'd be surprised if it was actually capacitive there's really no reason for it to be and one of the things too is like you know you lose I think if you have like a keyboard out I guess you're not going to have a virtual keyboard out in this kind of phone so it wouldn't matter anyway but um, the thing that I kept going back to before was Google Assistant showing up in that that center button when you tap it, not being, you know, having it capacitive and not able to move or show anything, it's a lot more confusing to the average user to know, hey, Google Assistant's there if you hold it down, like on NuGet. I just feel like it would be a mistake for them to make those capacitive. There's really no reason for them to be like, I don't. So, it's, so it's Alex, tough to what tell. if, what if that, what if the space bar keyboard, whatever, right, fingerprint sensor is not a home button? Now you only have the home button on, you know, that black bar row. If that was the case, and again, this would be like an ideal dream because when I look at the the Mercury device, I see a lot of the BlackBerry Classic in it, and I yeah. see like the classic version of, you know, that device running Android. So imagine if something going on in that capacitive setup was also kind of like a trackpad, 
and you could use the home button basically to kind of slide around in a similar manner that we've seen implemented by others. We've seen Palm do something like that on the Pixie and the Pre. So it wouldn't be totally, totally obscure, but it would be kind of interesting to see what they all put into this device. As Blaze kind of harkened to earlier, this might be the last go that they have, it, and, and whether this it, you know, set, solidifies in a, a model for them in the future or whether this will be the last one. Definitely interesting that it's Nougat that the device may be launching with as well. I think that's a good, timely a way to go around and get that. I'm still so excited about BB-10, though, guys. I, still, I feel like it should be more part of the conversation because it's such a huge, huge thing that BlackBerry's actually put this maintenance release out. And you can go check on CrackBerry to see, dig through the threads and find some of the changes, but a lot of them are minuscule. Are any of you guys excited that BB-10 got an update at this point, or are we all really just looking and focusing on the Android camp of things? I'd be more excited if there was actually something substantial within the update itself. Yeah. It's literally 1.6 yeah. gigabytes of nothingness. So, I watched the uh, James. I watched your uh, video on what's new in, in BB 10.3.3, and uh, I think it was like the first or second sentence. You're like, "There's really not a whole bunch new. It's more of a security update." And by the time you said that, I was kind of like, "Okay, my interest went from like yeah. here." Oh, yeah, 11 minutes later. Yeah, and then like 10 10 minutes later, I'm still on video (laughs) talking about God knows what. (laughs) But we've been told this from day one. Like, they manage our expectations, yet here we are, like, hoping for something. And I still don't have it on my work classic, and really, I don't really care. Because I knew from day one it was going to be next to nothing other than security updates, which maybe for my work phone I should be excited for (laughs) if you think about it. You know, maybe when it gets out to the masses, um, there will be more people who can poke around and uncover if there is actually anything new. Well, yeah, I mean, some just browser in, the, in the general view of things, like if I download this and I look at it instantaneously, with any new larger update, there's always going to be that expectation that there's going to be something visually noticeable going on within an update, right? Like people were saying, well, why is the update so big? Why is it like 1.6 gigabytes if it doesn't actually contain anything? It has to contain something. We're, you know, from our standpoint looking at it, it doesn't necessarily contain anything. But realistically, there are deeper level changes that are happening in there. They probably improved a lot of stuff that we don't necessarily know about or probably won't even genuinely care about at the end of the day because, you know, it's just lower level stuff that isn't, necessarily you know visual people people react more to visual changes rather than deep down level changes right like there if you go through the forms on crackberry and stuff like that like you can see that there are actual improvements in there but part of the problem is that blackberry number one hasn't even announced the update like they put out this large update that they haven't even acknowledged for one and two, they don't have an actual change log. An actual change log would give you a realistic look at what actually was changed deep down in those lower levels. So, it, it, again, visually, there's nothing. Nothing has changed. You know, you get you get a download indicator, you get an IAP certification, you get anti-phishing in your browser. That's the gist of the changes that are visual. And, and, you, and you get a fixed runtime. <laughs> Yeah, you can't even you can't even see the NIAP certification. So what difference does that make, right? But you know, realistically, there is more there. It's just nobody has gone really deep down into it to be able to say, yeah, okay, this got fixed, this Bluetooth got fixed, or it now works with this car, or 
you know, this button reacts the way that it should, or the scrolling is more easier within the keyboard, stuff like that. There are actual changes there. It's just they genuinely need to be pointed out to people to be able to go ahead and say, oh, okay, well, I see that that has, has been improved, right? But What about that dark hub? That's kind of sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. You guys get dark hub? <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't get that on my update. You maybe to send me the bar file? Like what? No, that's not gonna work. <laughs> you know, I'm glad it's coming out. I'm glad Blackberry has gone ahead and continued to support the OS in whatever way they can. If so who cares if that 1.6 gigabytes was just a redump of the OS, right? A fresh install is a fresh install. That goes a long way to just helping people out and making the experience seem a lot, you know, smooth, smoother than it was. And I think that's a good thing to happen. Just updates keep things timely, keep things fresh. I Am I guess frustrated? Like I wish if the Mercury came out, like I wish it was called like the BlackBerry Closure because I feel like that's what a lot that's what a lot of us need. No, honestly, I feel like even with BB10, it hasn't been like sunset yet. It's just kind of been like left in space and it's not doing anything. It's just literally just floating there, not not progressing any further. Like I would like them to kind of do like one last, uh, you know, maybe push of something on it and then call it a day. Like, you know, then say, all right, well, we're leaving you with that. We've changed things. We've made it as good as we can. Bye. And it's like BlackBerry's version of that is this, which is like, yeah, we got NIAB certification, which as Blaze kind of mentioned, it's like, well, not many people are going to be affected by that, especially in other countries where, you know, BlackBerry does have users, does have devices, especially BB10 ones. But it's just tough for, I think, really to to say what's up with BB10.3.3 because BlackBerry doesn't, you know, precisely know either, right? The people who get that information out there. So uh, I'm still waiting on 10.3.4, which at this point is coming when, you know, I'd like to hear about some of that. And we have an earnings call coming, Blaze. Is that correct? I think like end of December? Yeah, somewhere around the end of December. I forget the exact days, like the 17th or something like that. So. Yeah. So that's going to be really... And that's... That's part of a problem for me, guys, right? It's like BlackBerry's silent until, you know, they have earnings coming or something's coming, yeah. right? We have the launch of the new Bez platform or the new software platform for Enterprise that they're talking about on December the 8th. We have the DTEC 60 still coming about, the recent, you know, updates that we've gotten on the Android Hub Plus services app. 10.3.3 finally dropping like all the good news is coming right when they need it to come you know which isn't necessarily convenient for us as users who you know are on Verizon and have Marshmallow on our device for over a year or you know whatever else may be going on but I think it's always interesting when I mean Alex I don't know if you can pull up the pictures of the Vienna from, from um, that Crackberry posted a while back that picture literally was leaked out right around the time the Priv launched. I think it was like shortly after the Priv launched, which again, at that point, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, they're done with, 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 with phones. Like, this is going to be the last one. And then they're like, no, we're still kind of working on something. And that was Vienna, right? And now they've been working on this device, the Mercury, whatever you want to call it. It's been this candy bar style QWERTY Android. And now we're at a point where we're starting to see something in the hardware flesh. Brandon, do you think that's like an ideal device for them to, to go out on? Or do you think maybe leaving it with a slider, leaving it with a little bit more innovation, it was a better way to go? Uh, no, I think the the Mercury is a good way to go. I mean, it's got the, it's going to have all the bells and whistles, including the, uh, what's it called, the, <clears throat> the touch, well, the touch sensitive uh, 
the finger scanner on the on the bottom keyboard. That's what it looks like. I think it's still innovative. I think it's what people uh, maybe not in terms of like the raw innovation that we've seen in terms of you know the form factor and the capacitative keyboard that was introduced with the uh, Passport. But I think it's a type of device that everybody was kind of envisioning over the past two years and hoping that BlackBerry would come out. I know I was seeing images and concept images uh, over the past two years of people wanting kind of more of that all touch screen factor but with a keyboard on the bottom which I think this is what that that Mercury device is really going to be and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how people accept it or not. I think most people will accept it because they want to have that bigger screen for to have more screen real estate and they don't want screen real estate to be uh, given at the expense of the keyboard, which is kind of what we saw with the Priv, but I still think there's a lot of people who are keyboard faithful, faithfuls who just want to have a keyboard there all the time and not have to deal with sliding it up and uh, and sliding it down. Because based on my experience, when I'm using the Priv, I'd say probably like 80% of the time I'm using just the on-screen keyboard because it, it it's just a fluid thing. Like it doesn't make it for me. Most of the messages that are like two or three sentences to reply it doesn't make sense for me to open up the keyboard and and type it in if I can just you know tap away and have it sent and have that half that time right. So I think it'll be a good device. A good device if they do end up you know ending on it. And it's so hard to call it an end too because we know they're trying to partner with people out there to go build devices for them and potentially license the keyboard and all these other aspects. It's like I think this is going to be one of the last you know widely available ones, but I still feel like it's not going to be the last one. Blackberry still has something to do in the hardware space, and even if it's devices like DTEC50, DTEC60 that come about, I think it's going to be a uh, a good deal. <laughs> if you have a DTEC60, go buy yourself some protection, please. And oddly enough, you can't go to BlackBerry to do that. Oddly, BlackBerry Care Protection Plan, which is something BlackBerry introduced, I want to say back with like the Classic or the or the Passport, uh, basically an insurance program where you could pick up uh, you know coverage for your phone for drops and power surges and all the like, uh, crack screens, is not available for devices like the DTEC50 and 60 and I know the first thing you're going to say is, you know, oh, those devices are built by TCL, so, you know, why would BlackBerry, you know, go out and cover them? But it brought us to an interesting point, uh, Blaze, I think, in our last after show where you and I were talking about, well, what makes a BlackBerry a BlackBerry? Yeah. <laughs> and you, you might be able at this point to chalk it up to the fact that does BlackBerry insure it or not, right? And again, interesting to see whether this Mercury device is going to fall on either side of that or whether a change on the protection plan side is going to come. I've heard from people I've spoken with that a protection plan like has been asked about like it's obviously something people want out there and that they're looking at how to do that right so I'm sure it's a conversation that needs to be back had with the uh, the ODM to figure out how they can get that done but hopefully they're working on it right especially because DTEC 60 is a nice premium device you know you'd hate to drop it and let it hit two feet of concrete and totally spider crack across your screen and digitize it like why would you want that right yeah, so uh, why would you <laughs> why would you I have a Passport SE, guys, just so you... <laughs> DTEC 60, poor thing. As I said, if you have a DTEC 50, comment on this video so I can give this away. Like, I never got to use it. I used the actual hard case that uh, Anila Quest, uh, definitely suggested for me, so I just have this extra one. So comment somewhere. Let us know if you want it. DTEC 50 owners. Don't get crazy. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, 
Don't uh, comment for this and then go buy your DTEC 50 once you win it on Amazon, which has it for like two ninety nine or two twenty nine. Excuse me, is that and that's two twenty nine Canadian, right? On Amazon or is that deal done already? Two twenty nine US, two eighty nine. Uh, nice, not bad at all. I think a that's DTEC like 50 a is worth that. Yeah. For a DTEC 50, 289? Canadian? I mean, I think that's the important part is that yeah. it's Canadian. Like 289 Canadian is pretty damn good. <laughs> you can't find anything reasonable around that price point. Go to yeah, Blue 289 is a, de is a decent price in Canadian to, to get the device. That's a DTEC 50, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a 60, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, right. would have been nice at that point, price point, but wishful thinking. But big news: the Priv has permanently dropped down to three ninety nine. Anybody see that? That's actually probably where it should have. Alex, been maybe for yeah. the whole family. <laughs> That's savage. That's, it's crazy because that's like almost half of what Alex got them for originally. So it's yeah. just like bittersweet for sure. But it's it's been out a year. I mean, it's just crazy the value that these devices hold too, right? If I were to look at like a another brand, I'm not even going to say a name, right? If just one of the more popular consumer brands out there, you look at the resale value of their one-year-old devices, you're going to get at least a $100 premium on them, which is kind of crazy. Because if you look at BB10... Like what this device right now is like the same cost of a priv, and that's kind of an awesome thing for people because you really can kind of choose what you want. Do you want the BB10 experience? Do you want the Android experience? Either way, you have the awesome keyboard, right? Uh, kind of just an interesting place that you know Shop Blackberry has those devices on. I don't know, man, but <laughs> again, the Canadian perspective, the shop, the priv. On Shop Blackberry Canada is five ninety nine, which is like that's Crazy. obscene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no one's buying it for that. Like, I think it was down to like three something during like the Black Friday sales and the Cyber Monday sales, and they should have they should have just left it at that. <laughs> yeah, I agreed wholeheartedly. They should have totally just left it at that price. <laughs> yeah, that would have been way more competitive. You'd yeah. think. But maybe they have more enterprise small business to be doing, and getting a premium on those devices is important to the bottom line. You know, it's yeah, very interesting that. Oh, but I cannot, I cannot envision any consumer going out and buying a priv for five ninety nine Canadian right now, especially when you know that the the deals were available for like three something earlier. Like, mm. what? If you really wanted it, you should have bought it then because. It's ludicrous to pay five ninety nine Canadian now. That's that's the worst I, I, feeling, you know. Black Friday regret. It's like, oh man, I should have bought that. <laughs> yeah, I just direct them to the like, because I'm like, absolutely, I'm trying, absolutely, trying not to spend money, and I'm like, Black Friday is one of those things where like lots of things are on sale, but then when it's all when the dust settles and you bought stuff, you realize you didn't really need half of it. Yeah. And then you're just like, man, like I'm not gonna use it, but it was like a good sale. I couldn't pass up on it. Yeah, like I, I don't go buy go buy random junk or anything like that. Like I mostly everything that I wanted was like over three hundred dollars and was on sale for a really good price. So I'm like, shit. <laughs> yeah, if you're getting big ticket items like a TV, then Black Friday is your go-to, right? Or like a computer, even a laptop, even a phone. Sometimes they have good deals on them. 
Scott had it right, man. If if they're upset that they can't afford a pre of get a D Tech fifty, you'll be very happy. I would yeah. seriously just say, regardless, even if they could afford it, I'm like, why? Just go get a fifty because it's yeah. worth paying half the price for it. Yeah, that's a good a good argument that I totally just didn't even think about. Like, just buy a DTEC fifty. I mean, the only reason to buy a Prove at this point is because you simply need the keyboard, and you know, which, which is garbage. Yeah, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> My strong, strong, anyway. strong feelings. Looking from... on uh, Amazon.com, and there is. There is what? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Drum roll. <laughs> there is lag. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the to come through. <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> the mystery continues. <laughs> There's. I feel like we're in Final Jeopardy here. 50. <laughs> U.S. That sounds like a good deal. Uh, I just want to say, missed... though, I wish that BlackBerry had have done... I mean, obviously, it's not a final design, of course, but history shows that the majority of the times when we're looking at pre-release hardware, it's generally not really far off from the reality. I wish that the design was a little bit more cohesive, like for the Mercury, because the very top of the device looks like a Passport Silver Edition, and then the bottom looks like a a classic, or pretty much any other BlackBerry device. But I wish that there was some consistency. Like, I want I want like a silver chin or something to make the design a little bit more cohesive all the way through because now it just looks like two phones like if you if you covered up one part of it like say for example you covered up the bottom and I only showed you the top I think most people would think that there's probably a silver piece at the bottom right mm-hmm. where if I covered I... up the top and only showed you the bottom you'd probably think that it was flat black all the way through up to the top, right? As Does, it should be. It should right. be gunmetal gun gray and beautiful. It seems like literally two devices jammed together. Yeah. yeah. The, look at look at the Mercury leaks and then look at this. Cohesive, right? The top exactly. and the bottom are the same color. And you can clearly tell which is top and bottom because they're not the same. Same thing with the back, right? This is, I think, where they kind of break from it a little bit, right? You've got the, the metal up top here, but... That's obviously the SIM card tray, so it just makes sense to do. Now, the back of the Mercury would be interesting to see. I would love for it to be just like the Passport SC. Just. Especially because we're looking at a device that it says, you know, high precision and craftsmanship under the rumored uh, you know, spec leak. But at the same point, what does that really mean? You know, are we looking at classic level quality? Or are we looking at AT&T passport of quality? <laughs> or are we looking at something, you know, a little bit different? Uh, high precision and uh, and quality. I mean, I'm pretty sure every device developed in a factory is high precision. I'm pretty sure they're... <laughs> except, <laughs> like, except, what does that even mean? Except the Priv. The Priv did not sell with high precision and craftsmanship. <laughs> this device is supposedly running the Snapdragon 625, which is a little bit better than the processor on the DTEK 50. 4.5 3x2 uh, ratio screen, which is probably the in- most interesting aspect of the phone and the ratio. 
three gigabytes of RAM, 32 storage, 18 rear, 8 megapixel front on the camera, has a 3,400 milliamp hour battery, so almost priv size battery, quick charge 3.0, aluminum housing, and aimed you know, at the enterprise space, similar as the classic was. Very, very interesting. How much would you guys pay for something like that? Yeah, I'm gonna pay for something like that, or how much is BlackBerry gonna ask me to pay for something like that? <laughs> I, I, yeah. The former, right? I want to know how much you would pay because we know BlackBerry's gonna price this thing between five and six hundred already. Like we know that it's gonna be expensive. It's gonna be on the higher of the mid end, right? I, I'm assuming it's gonna probably sit right where where Priv does right now, Canadian dollar, but a little bit lower, like maybe a seventy-five dollar uh, savings I, on there. I would personally pay like five hundred Canadian. Or something like that. Yeah, mine's mine's it's a bit low, but I just don't see that's, that's the person where I'm standing at. I think five hundred is a good spot. Four hundred US, something like that. Four hundred US sounds right on the money. That's that's where I would be about. But yeah, it's gonna be five hundred, right? Because the security they're selling you is D Tech. D Tech works now, right? It got an update, so <laughs> D Tech is the value you're buying into, guys. No, I think it's definitely going to be a good device. I'm interested to see what Nougat brings to the Android experience and whether the apps kind of get an update alongside that. And, you know, we got Dark Theme. I almost said Dark Hub. Neil, you're killing me, man. Don't, man. Don't, don't. Hey, Dark. That's, that should be. People will come at you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be rough. Well, we're they did Blackberry uh, Dark Launcher. So how hard could it be to do <laughs> Blackberry Black... Um, theme BBM calendar or contacts on Android. I thought there's yeah. already a black theme calendar on Android. I don't know. It's definitely odd to hear the dark, th you know, in the launcher dark theme because then it doesn't turn anything dark theme. Really, no, you know, I like didn't understand that either. But, like, <laughs> it's only the, the app tray. Yeah. 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 In the, Just and the, the background. Folders. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, like what Nova and all these things. Yeah. Hours. Yes. Yeah, when, when I throw dark theme on a phone, like I want it to be dark. Yeah. Like <laughs> I want it to be black on my AMOLED, and then they put like the dark gray, and I'm like, well, I feel like I'm watching the uh, the background of a Skype video of Upstream, you know? Well, it's like, it was just like some co-op student just added it in. That yeah. Was, uh... <laughs> it's Brandon's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was some other news that happened just to, just to close out? We had a, a new HQ for the UK that was built, and that kind of transitioned us pretty pretty well into our upstream patron questions. It's some nice ones this week. I sent the broadcast out on BBM, and it's cool because BBM lets you send out a broadcast to a specific group of contacts. So I have all my upstream contacts for Patreon like listed as BBM associates, and then I can go ahead and just ping all of them at once without, you know, doing one of those awful broadcasts. Or, I or deleted you for sending me a broadcast. Sorry, James. <laughs> we no longer BBM friends. Yeah. Now we're just Aloe friends. And... <laughs> just kidding. I hate, I hate Aloe. Let me uh, tell you. That's Aloe, relax. 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 Oh, Different Aloe story. Are you, still using, Alex, are you still using it? Yeah, me and all my family and friends. Aside from James, he doesn't yeah. count as a friend because he's not an ally with me. <laughs> so all all the same people that Alex uh, <laughs> screwed over with the priv are also <laughs> using Allo. Yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. my god! Yes, yeah, this, this is good. <laughs> awesome. No, like, make poison. I, 
Alex is the snake poison for his family and friends. Hey. You're in the desert, Alex will sell you dirt. <laughs> like, he's that he's that good at it. He just trolls our android and then, like, finds these little tidbits that he can throw at you. No, but Mike Robinson, one of our, our patron supporters, left a comment for us. If you don't know, uh, Maidenhead's On the River Thames is upstream west of London, and it's a really expensive place. And pretty much just like the Silicon Alley slash corridor and the tech center of South England. And that's where Blackberry just established their n- new old headquarters for, for that region. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I think it's a good tell when a company is hiring people and, you know, opening up new offices that they're not dead. They're not idle. They're not, you know, sitting resting on the laurels. They're making things happen. And we've seen a lot of focus. I think Blaze can attest to this too. A lot of focus on the UK and, and that sector. I mean, literally, we just got their recent acquisition encryption now basically regulated and able to actually pass off certifications to other businesses there's a lot of focus going on there right now i think there's a lot of business to be had i know uh brandon you didn't make it to england on your last trip did you or did you get to stop yeah yeah i did i uh, was in uh i was in the uk and uh ireland so i was in leeds i didn't go to london though i didn't go to uh this place that you're talking about you could have you could have put in an application in Brandon. <laughs> the uh, actually uh, I have a story about uh, my black. I have a BlackBerry story for the week. It's kind of sad, but it's also kind of good at the same time. Oh my god! So oh, I was at a. Uh, why do you never bring good news? No, His proof exploded. I was at an industry event on uh, Friday. It was like a a Christmas uh, kind of luncheon or whatever for industry professionals. And so I ended up at this table, and there's this other, there's a civil engineer, and he had a passport, a BlackBerry passport. So I'm like, oh, hey, like, I have a BlackBerry too. Uh, I guess you and I are like one of the few holdouts. And he's like, oh, yeah, I went to Waterloo, so I got I got support, right? And I'm like, oh, I went to Waterloo, and I, had to, and I got support as well. <laughs> so there you go. It's just people who went to the University of Waterloo who are like repping Blackberries now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad of a story, Brandon. I that's guess that's sad. a good one. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be rough. Yeah. I guess what's sad about it is only two of you. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, there's quite there was quite a few people. There's the, a lot of the older crowd, like the uh, the execs and stuff at a lot of the from a lot of these uh, engineering companies have Blackberries. Um, so there's still a lot of support. It just comes down to. Uh, the issue is that a lot of I find in my field a lot of companies are moving away from like my company for instance it's there if you want if you're a manager and you get a corporate phone they give you an iPhone uh, and that's because like their timesheet um, apps and all these other kind of back-end apps to do with kind of housekeeping for the company are all moving and shifting towards iOS and Android right so uh, that's what I'm kind of seeing in my field is that there's a bunch of apps and applications that are being used in the field and it's just simpler to to have your employees use like iOS and be able to use those apps instead of uh, and and I guess they, they have their own security solution. I think my company is with uh, not good. What's the other one? Airwatch. Uh, mobile Iron. Mobile Iron. Ew. Yeah. I think there was Mobile Iron. Yeah, and it's uh, so that's what it is. So I don't know. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad because everybody had uh, Blackberries before because they're like, oh, you know, we're we're gonna support the Canadian company, we're gonna do this and that. But at the end of the day, like you, you just see this shift, and it's like they don't have the uh, same apps. But it's 
It's interesting. It'd be interesting to see how this new update for Bez coming up, you know, kind of yeah. solidifies their role. You know, as we've been seeing over the past year, they're not quite, you know, garnering that support in the mobile space, but in their, you know, back-end space, BlackBerry is still kind of up there in the top-notch, you know, echelon there. So that'll well, be think, interesting to see. I think that's part of the, the story that doesn't necessarily get told is that, like, yeah, so what if your company is handing out an iPhone or an Android device at this point? The real question becomes, what are they using to secure those devices? What is what is the background network that they're on at this point? So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people a lot of people are still focused on. Well, my company is switching away from BlackBerry. Well, yeah, but chances are they're probably using good technology or they're using something else, right? And if yeah. they're using good good technology, then they're using a BlackBerry service anyway. So, and, and if you think about it, it, it's a it's a hell of a lot easier to convince a company to switch over to kind of a back end system that can work with their existing devices that they've already kind of disseminated amongst their employees. Like for instance, my company, they gave out iPhones to all their managers, but if something came up and there was an opportunity to switch to another provider and BlackBerry bid on it and stuff, uh, that would be a value proposition and be easier to kind of bring their services because they've really em em embraced this multi-platform uh, multi approach to, to Bez. Uh, so they're they're really in a good position to to get brought on to new companies and I and I can imagine that the subscriptions that you get per per user you're still making revenue per user even if they don't have your device right yeah but exactly you, you're kind That's, of using that IP amongst different you don't have to deal with the manufacturing side of it you're doing it more on the development side which is what we're seeing with BlackBerry right more software related stuff where they that's can control what, the barriers. That's what BlackBerry's picking up of, uh, of good technology was you know monumental for BlackBerry at that point in time because I mean we've said it before here several times that like they basically acquired a mass amount of customers at that point just because they bought good technology because all of those people who are running iOS and running Android devices and using good technology instantly became BlackBerry customers at that point as long as they they continue to use it like they didn't they didn't have to go out and create a device yeah. that everybody would purchase they basically bought the customer base that existed for the iOS and Android users right what, what's interesting so, too is that incredibly they, smart they don't get enough enough recognition for that one of the things that is cool that to caveat off of what Blaze just told us is that a lot of those customers that they basically acquired were old customers that they used to have on older versions of Bez that switched to right. an, you know, an all iPhone strategy similar to what you know how Brandon's yeah. you know, organization does. So it's definitely very, very pivotal, I think, the time for a platform that can do a, you know do it across the board and, and really help everybody out. I wonder about the branding though. I feel like good almost nowadays is a stronger brand than the Bez is in some spheres, right? I'm not saying all industries would feel the same way. But I don't know if Bez can be a trickle-down gold standard in the same way that you know the the new the newer age uh, younger companies are looking at their mobility needs. I think they're looking do you, less less for what Bez has and more for like a very slim uh, short down do you, approach. Do you think that's because maybe the BlackBerry brand? Like I think Research in Motion was a lot better in terms of understanding the back end, you know, solutions that BlackBerry provides. 
But once they changed their name over the Black Bear, they kind of, you know, intertwined their company's product with, themselves, man. Yeah, with the mobile device product branding, right? So a lot of people, when they think of BlackBerry, uh, rightly or wrongly, they, they think of the mobile devices because that's, that's basically where the BlackBerry name comes from. Whereas Research Emotion was more open-ended. People saw them more as more than just a BlackBerry device, more as a yeah. security provider, right? So I think that's why you might think that uh, the good probably has a better kind of brand image in, in that sphere, in some spheres, because it's just not intertwined, it's not connected with a mobile device. It's, it's more, it's always been kind of a back-end solution, right? There's also, I mean, when it comes to the branding and marketing as well, I mean, when was the last time that you actually saw a Bez 12 announcement of any sorts like they sort of they sort of taken Bez 12 and the whole branding of Bez 12 and and basically the concept of it and taking it out of the loop like now it's not necessarily about Bez 12 it's about their enterprise solutions or their enterprise software and when you look at like the developer consoles and stuff like that, everything is based around good good dynamics and good technology, and all of that stuff. Like, I honestly can't remember the last time I heard an announcement saying, "Okay, we've updated Bez 12," or whatever. And that's not to say that it hasn't happened, um, because they did update Bez 12 recently. But there, the focus itself has been off of Bez 12 as a branding recognition thing and they've just been rolling out with ad hoc uh, and good technology and app dome and basically everything that is not Bez 12 <laughs> it, it's it, it's interesting to see because I don't think a lot that a lot of people pay attention to those little things and it's like okay they're moving away from the Bez 12 branding itself and they're just focusing on like enterprise Software as like the recognition item rather than any one specific item. It's really, really interesting when you actually take a look at the situation over the years about how, how they branded these things and how they pushed them out to the market. And, and I agree with Brandon in terms of like research emotion that research emotion was an all encompassing sort of naming convention that they should have stuck with, but, um, you know, they changed their name to BlackBerry, and like John Chen said, you can't just because your kids getting bad grades in yeah. school, you don't go changing their name, right? Um, if, that's not if, if your kid's name is BlackBerry, you might want to consider it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, funny. Uh, to initiate that when uh, BlackBerry Ten kicked off. Exactly. As part of the, the big. It's probably a mar- It was a marketing play, right? Yeah. In, in in retrospect, it was a marketing play that didn't necessarily play out well. It pro- they probably should just change the name back, back to Research in Motion. They should have licensed BBX. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> Not that that adds anything to the conversation. Let's let's cap it out here, gentlemen. We have plenty of upstream patron questions to answer in our after show, and we can kind of sit back. I can get a drink. We can really have a a well mannered uh, well mannered discussion. Anyway, Alex, take us out, man. We'll catch all you guys next week, hopefully with some more BlackBerry news to discuss. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we get some better height. Yeah, I really, I want to see the back of the phone, higher quality pictures. It'll be interesting. So.
Mercury's definitely looking interesting, and, and nougat in general. Like I just want to hear more yeah. about what's going on with all of that. And what, so yeah, what BlackBerry decides to do with it, change it up a bit. So all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.